Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good to see you. I'm doing good. Me, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father. Yeah. Can you, can you hear me? I sound like I'm in a tunnel, is it? Moving forward makes it worse. Moving forward makes it worse? Yeah. Okay. Moving forward should help us out. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love and your peace and your goodness and just always being faithful to us, but for your heart for us and and um, just for your love and peace and grace and goodness and just who you are. So I thank you for that. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak through me this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, um, ooh, big day today. We got someone getting married. Yeah, a couple getting married. Congratulations to you, too. And um, we have someone, a couple that's been married for 100 years. Is it? No, is it 40? 40? 40? Yeah, okay, 40. I was just, well, happy 40th anniversary, so... What, what a mile marker, and we appreciate, and we love you guys for... Seems like yesterday. Seems like yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, I just wanted to honor you. So, um, okay, I want to get get um, get rolling, because I always run out of time. Isn't that funny? It's like, and even this morning, like, I'm going over what I'm going to preach, and there's so much stuff. Like I'm like, well, what do I preach? Well, if I preach that, how do I get out, how do I get through all of this? And so there's so much in my heart that I want to share. I'm just like, but how do I get to it all, right? And so um, I am going to attempt the impossible, okay? And we're going to see if we can see if we can get get through some stuff. Now I started out. I want to recap because I think like this seems like so basic. Right? And you're like, well, what, what's basic have to do with anything? I'll tell you. I learned training horses. Is it like when I was a beginner, I wanted to do intermediate stuff. When I was intermediate, I wanted to do advanced stuff. And then when I become advanced, you know what I did? I went back to the basics. When I got around the best people on the planet, you know what they did? They did the basics. And they did the basics very, very well. And so we're always in a hurry when we're trying to learn to be so you know, to get another level. And if we just learn, hey, it's simple. If we just break things down and, and just learn how they are and make things simple, like, like it's, not, it's not rocket science. Uh, like I didn't put this up here where you have to have an interpreter every time to understand. Thank God he did give some pastors and teachers and preachers and evangelists. And the Bible does say that God gave them, right? So whether you like me or not, I'm a gift, right? <laughs> So, so um, and it, anyway, um, but you can blame God, right? So, so but God, God gives some to be. So we, we understand that, but it also should be simple enough that a monkey can understand it. You know what I mean? And so that's where, where I want to get is like, like in, it starts like he's not hiding anything from us. We, uh, like, when I was growing up, I used to think, well, I have to get through, through the Old Testament to Matthew, 
And then I got to get to the end of Matthew before I even see Jesus's, you know, the impact of what Jesus has done. And it's right there in Genesis. Like it's right there in Genesis 1. It's not like he's saying, hey, wait, you're going to have to hang out for the Torah and the writings and the prophets. And then I'll come in in the New Testament. And then you're going to have to wait through the New Testament. And then I'm going to give you the answer. He's given us the answer in every part of Scripture. And he's talking to us through the entire Scripture. And who he's talking to us about is Jesus. He's like, before the foundations of the world, he knew us. And he had a plan. And he knew. You think he knew before creation? He wasn't like, oh, man, that went backwards. (laughs) Like, you ever do something? You're like, well, that's not how I planned it to work. (laughs) Right? And, like, God wasn't sitting there. He's like, oh, man. This really went haywire. I shouldn't have done that, right? He wasn't. He knew. And he made provision for it from the beginning, from the foundations of the earth. Before he ever, ever breathed, breathed, breath, can you say breath? Before he ever breathed life into Adam, he had a plan. And he had a, had a way for us, and that plan's name is Jesus. It's not changed from the beginning uh, of time to now. In John it sa- says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's in all things. In and through Him is where we get all things. And so when we see that, we're like, yeah, you know what? He is in and through and in, in, in all things, right? They actually did the laminin in people. They Scientists did it. It's like in their DNA. It's too scientific for me to get to all the details. But the way it's structured, it's like a cross. It's like it's in our very DNA. And it's not just like, oh, when you give your heart to Jesus, right, then all of a sudden your DNA changes, right? He paid the price. Like I was listening to Cowboy today talking, and he he had sold a bunch of cattle, and they were just now coming to take delivery, him. And he, he's like, well, they become the guy's cattle the moment that the guy paid the price. But he didn't receive it until he took delivery of it. And that's what Jesus has died for every person who's ever walked or breathed on this planet since the cross. And the thing is, is, is the price is paid for every sin, for, for every mishap, for everything. And all, all we have to do is say you know what, I think I'll cash that check. I think I'll take delivery of that. And I think instead of trying to do everything in my own works, of my own self, I'm going to trust Jesus a little bit. And when I do that, something, something great happens in my life. And then I can really live. Because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and a bunch of rules. <laughs> That's not what it said. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and if you do everything right, if you never mess up, if you keep the law, well, if you keep five of the Ten Commandments, which, by the way, the law is more than five commandments, by the way. It's over 600 of them, right? And there's nothing wrong with those commandments. They're holy. They're just. They're pure, just like that tree was. But if you try to get righteous and be righteous because... You can keep that, you're going to die. You're eating from the wrong tree. It's not, not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil no more. It becomes the tree of death for us, right? So I don't want to try to do good 
to earn God's grace because I can promise you I done messed up today. Right? I done blew it. Like, I got to drive to church. (laughs) And you won't believe how many idiots are on the road. (laughs) Right? And you won't believe how many names you can come up with. (laughs) Right? So I done blew it. Right? I done messed up. So if that's the tree that I'm eating from, I'm sunk. Right? I not only want to eat from that tree, but I don't want to put my expectation on other people that for me to love you or for me to see God's goodness in your life, you have to be perfect. What I'm saying is you have to be God. Like, I have this room in my life that, that, you know what, I can't keep all this, so I'm going to be here. Then I can't go putting people and pointing them to this tree and saying, when you figure this out, then come see me, and I might love you, and I might give you grace, and I might give you peace, and I might... Listen, I'd seen a scene, I reposted it actually yesterday. I don't hardly ever post anything on Facebook, but one of my friends is a Christian country singer and preacher, and he, he, he put, um, it's so powerful, right? Because he said, the Holy Spirit will never inspire you to help in the downfall of another person. Never. Why? Because he's love, he's peace, he's goodness, he's long-suffering, he's you know, I got a list of all these things that God is that says, says love is patient, love is kind, long as it, love is this. You, the Bible says God's love. So if that's who God is, then you can put God's name or Jesus' name in it, and it says God is, Jesus is, right? And then we know we're no longer eating, trying to, trying to do this, but we're just living. Like if they'd have just believed God, like God said, you know what? I've made you in my own image. And what did Satan do? Hath God said. Hath God said. And then he starts accusing him. So he starts putting doubt. And then he starts using accusation. And then anybody ever get those thoughts in your mind? Where it's like, well, God, is God really going to do this? Can I really trust God for this? Does, you know... And, you know, sometimes, like, I used to worry about, you know, the rapture happening all the time or dying or am I, did I repent enough? Because I knew I'd already yelled at a bunch of cars, even though I was in Oklahoma. Usually it was, was tractors and combines during, during wheat harvest. Like, everyone that's been from there knows amen, right? We had worse traffic jams than I've ever had on, I, you know, and there's, like, no reason for it, right? But growing up, I thought, you know what? There's no way I can keep this. And it wore me out. And it made me think, it, it not only wore me out, it made me walk in condemnation, in guilt, in shame. And I felt like I was under this big thumb that always was pushing me down with no hope of ever getting up. And it put me in more bondage than it gave me life. And so when I found out, you know something? I, I don't have to stay and feed the dogs if the rapture does happen pre-rapture. Right? Right? And I, I qualified that because not everyone believes it's pre, right? So I don't want to offend nobody, right? Pre, mid, post, pan. Like, I think it's pan. I think it's just all going to pan out. Right? By the way, when the rapture happens and it's pre and you believe that, all that stuff you're worried about seeing, you ain't going to see anyway. Because you're already out of here. 
So don't worry about it. How about just live, right? And by the way, the rapture is not the second coming of Jesus, by the way, if you believe, even if you believe in the pre-trib rapture, right? The second coming of Jesus is when he literally puts his physical feet on the mountain, right? In, in Jerusalem, right? The, the rapture is the catching away uh, of the saints. So, so it's like, like I just like got confused, but I grew up like that. Thinking, you know what? I don't want to stay to feed the dogs. That's what they'd say. Well, you better get right because you're going to have to stay and feed the dogs. I'm like, then who's going to feed our dogs anyway? Right? Then it made a whole new argument and worry for me. Like, do I want to go? Like, how much do I like my dog? I mean, come on. Like, I'm just being real. I mean, we all have these thoughts and we all go through these processes. But when I got a security... I ain't got to worry about that. If God can take care of me, if it is a pre-trib rapture, then he'll take care of my dog. Right? I don't have any dogs right now. Right? I'm quickly trying to lower the horse numbers too. Right? And so, did you guys see what I'm saying? We worry about silly stuff when really our focus should be on, hey, I'm going to love you, Father. And I'm going to love the people around me. And I'm going to love myself. Right? That, that's called the Shema. Anybody ever hear of the Shema? So, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Isn't that great? What is it? Hear, O Israel. The Lord is God. He is. Love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. And you know what Jesus said? That sums up all those commandments. Do you know why? Because it's not about the commandments, it's about living. It's about loving. Love the Lord. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. What is that? That's God's nature that he created you to be and that he created in you. And now you're, you're not trying to, to do something to get some, now you're resting in the fact that Jesus paid the price and I've got the receipt right here that says paid in full and whom the Son sets free is free. Is free when? I can't hear that. It's free when? Free indeed. You know what he's saying? He could have said whom the Son sets free is free and it still would have been good. But, but, when you say, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Like the first time I saw my wife, I said, wow, she's good looking indeed. <laughs> right? I didn't just think, oh, wow, she's good looking. I could have thought that. No, I was like, wow, she is in really good looking indeed. Whoa. Right? There's an emphasis on it. It's just not simple. It's just not plain. It's just not, not here. Jesus is saying, whom the Son, whom who sat free? Whom the one who can keep all these laws. Whom the Son sat free is free indeed. And you know what's really funny? Is the moment that, that you realize that and you start saying, you know what, I'm just going to love the Lord. And as you love Him, 
you start loving yourself. And you start loving yourself, you feel good. And you come bouncing around like, 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 like what was that, Tigger? Like, I only know Tigger because we had plays. Like, I hated the cartoon. I wanted to be Winnie the Pooh in it, and they wouldn't let me. They made me be a tree, of all things, by the way. They made me be a tree, and that's no joke, right? And so, the Tigger bouncing around everywhere, just, ooh, he's just happy, right? Why? We don't have a care. Why? Because we've cast all of our cares on him. Come to me all who are weary and I'm going to give you a bunch of rules. No. Come to me all who are weary and I will give you what? Rest. I'll give you what? Rest, Rest right? So, so here, here's the kicker though. Sometimes it, we have to work to rest. You're like, Pastor Danger, that's silly. No, I have a real good friend. He's a really good horseman, world-class horseman and I'm talking to him and He's got a really heart for God, and he was talking to me about some stuff, and he started praying and fasting, and, doing, and he was asking me, he goes, you know what's funny? He's like, I intend to pray sometimes, and he goes, I go to pray, and then I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll just do it later. And he says, if I don't intentionally set time and, and, and give myself that opportunity to do it, he's like, I'll skip it. He's like, what's wrong with me? I'm like, you're normal. You're just like every one of us. Just like every one of us, right? Why? Because that's when Paul says you have to labor to enter that rest. So I so what I do instead of trying to make prayer to be praying as a job, now it's like, oh, I get to call him. I get to talk to him. You have people like you want to talk to every day. And then some people call you and you're like, yeah. You know. That's, that's why we got voicemail and, and ignore, right? Right? And so some of you guys are like, like, so we do that to God. God's calling all the time. We hit ignore. Now I'll get to you later. Or we'll send him to voicemail, right? But you got those people like you want to talk to. So you'll call them and you'll talk to them and talk to them and talk to them and talk to them and talk to them because you like to talk to them and because you love them. That's all prayer is. All right, like call him up, call him up, and just tell him what you want, tell him what you want, but tell him about everything. Right? You, can, you know what? You can even tell him what you called the car on the highway earlier. Do you think I'm the only one who don't like traffic? You know why? Because you have a relationship with it. Not with it, with him. And so now you can trust him. Just like my son. Son calls me and goes, Boy, Dad, I really blew that. I was like, yeah. Like, well, got another chance. He don't call saying, oh, my God, please don't kill me. Please don't wipe me out. You know why? Because he knows I love him. And we have a relationship. And that's where we get to the tree of life. <laughs> you think that you got to do good all the time to stay in someone's good graces? Really, the, the line's got to be clearer, right? And you've got to walk that line very clear because the moment that you miss up, you're in trouble. And the thing is, is God made that line very, 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 very clear. And Jesus even brought it higher when he said, if you even think. He equated your thoughts with your actions. Why? Because what you think about, you're going to do. So we win the battle 
here first, right? And so now, um, now there's there's no way to keep that. So what I want to do is instead of trying to live from the tree of the knowledge of a good and evil, well, is that good or is that bad? Duh. Like, I mean, come on. There's certain things that we know. Like, it's not, that's death. It smells like death. It feels like death. You feel it in, you get that conviction in your heart that says, says, don't go that way. Am I the only one who's ever done that? And when I do go that way, it ain't no fun. Right? But you know what I found out? God's still there. I was just telling someone when I got tired of God, I was like, I'm over it. Actually, I wasn't tired of God. I was tired of religion, and I ran. I was like, God, I'm done with you. I'm running over here. And I'd get over there, and do you know who would be there? God. I was like, you're supposed to be there. I'm here. I need some space. You know where? I run again. You know where he's at? He's right there. Not only is he right there, every step I take, he's there. Like, I couldn't outrun him, and I thought, boy, he's going to get really mad chasing me. And I, I really figured out, he wasn't mad at all. He's just like, are you tired yet? <laughs> like, are you stupid? I mean, duh. I mean, come around. That's what he's saying, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Some of you are tired and weary because you're running. Stop running. Like he's going to be there too. I'm telling you, you're wasting your time because you're going to run, run right into a God who has not changed his mind about you. And he says, I love you. You don't believe me? Look at Jonah. Man, he's running from God and some catfish jumps up. Maybe it wasn't a catfish. Was it a tuna? A well? It says a great fish. It don't say a well. I was taught it was a well. But like then, if you go, was it old, you know, uh, humpback whale? You know, what kind? It's a great fish. It was a, it was a big fish. Swallows him, spits him out. And you know what? When that fish swallowed him, Jonah still wasn't alone. Cause you know where God was? In the fish. You know how I know? Cause he prayed. He's like, okay, God, I'll quit running. And when he quit, said quit running, he spit him out. And you know where he went? He went to Nineveh. And then he didn't want to go because he didn't want him to repent. And then he gets there and he's mad because they repented. He's mad because he's there. Probably still mad because he smells like fish. (laughs) Right? You can't outrun him. Which tree are you going to eat from? I know, I want one tree. And that's Jesus. Because I'm not going to allow unbelief that what? This tree did. Wasn't enough. How about you? So I'm going to go. I'm going to go. 
And I left my glasses in the thing. That's okay. Of course, Wayne has glasses. Wayne has everything. That, I love him. He's so such a good dude, so dependable as a friend and a person, and just appreciating. I only said that because you brought me glasses. <laughs> okay, so so we were in um, Galatians. In Galatians, it, I was talking about why why are we in Galatians? What are they doing? So so we have back when the church started. The church didn't start Baptist and Catholic and Lutheran and Protestant. When when they these Jewish people were were worshiping in synagogues, they were Jewish people. When people would get saved and receive Jesus, do you know where they would go? They go to synagogues, right? So, um, so here, as all these people are coming in, the, these Jewish believers in Jesus don't know what to do with all these guys because they're taught from the time they're young that you keep the law, that you do this and you do that, and if you keep the law, then you're going to get saved. But really, they didn't believe that. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made the sacrifice, right? Because they have Yom Kippur, right? They have Passover, they had to have the Passover lamb, and they had to have Yom Kippur, right? So really, even in, in Judaism, before Jesus, they didn't rely on their works. They relied on the sacrifice. And that's what Paul's trying to come in here and say to them, is like, like yeah, we do. They, they didn't keep the law so that they could be saved, or you don't keep the law so that you can be saved. When you are saved... It's a natural expression of who God created you to be out of your spirit. Your spirit is completely saved. Now we have to deal with this thing called flesh. Anybody ever have flesh? Am I the only one who has flesh? Right? Like, you don't? You do? You do? Yeah. Yeah, we, we all. We all do, right? And so... It doesn't mean that our spirit's not saved. Sometimes, though, we get to make this choice. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But, but do we allow that freedom to work in and through and out of us? Or are we trying to earn freedom that we already have? <coughs> Excuse me. So, here, Paul and Paul's... <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Paul is being opposed, is opposed um, Peter on the circum- circumcision issue. Now, he's not opposed to the Jews being circumcised. He's not opposed to them being circumcised. What he's opposed to is the fact that they, they are saying, if you're not circumcised, there's no salvation for you. He's trying to tell them, it's not because you're circumcised, it's not because you're eating bacon, it's not because you're doing this or doing that. It's because of the finished work of the cross that you're saved. Amen. Now, the circumcision to a Jew in the flesh was to represent what was going to happen when Jesus died, that now we're not just circumcised in the flesh. Now, we're, we're circumcised in our heart, meaning that we cut our flesh off. Does that make sense? And so now we're not walking in the, in the flesh, but now we're walking in... In the spirit, right? And so, 
thank God Paul had this, this um, I don't know, not epiphany, revelation. Can I call it a revelation? Or does that belong to John? I guess it belongs to him too, right? Okay, so, so I'm going to read. I read this. I'm going to pick up where I was reading last week, just cause, and then I'm going to extend on, okay? You guys with me? So um, Galatians 2, verse 15 says this. We who are Jews by birth are not Gentile sinners. Know that a man is not justified by observing the law. By what? By observing the law. But by what? By what? Faith? Faith in, in who? Do we know him? Okay. But by observing faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in in Christ and not by observing the law because by observing the law only the best of them are justified. Who? No one? Okay, time out. If by observing the law no one is justified, why do we try to observe the law to be justified? I mean, come on. Why do we keep doing that? Don't make no sense, does it? If while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners, does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. What's happening here? So, so we on this cross right here, Jesus took all our sins upon him. Do you know what that means? Jesus did not, did not do away with the law. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. He took every punishment. He took every disease. He took every curse. He took everything that, that went along with the law, the curses of it, on him, on this cross. Jesus did. He didn't say, no, the law's no good. It's not going to matter. No, the law. There's nothing wrong with the law. The problem is, is we couldn't keep it. And he says, I got to do something about it. So do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give my life. And Jesus died on that cross and took every sin. I'm not just talking about, about our church going, folks. I'm talking about the most evil, Mao, Hitler, you name it. You know every sin was upon him on that cross. All they had to do, say, forgive me. And you know what? That would have been enough. Man, I hate to say that, but it's the truth. Right? For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with who? With Christ. I've been what? 
I was here in Christ. All of us. Just like when one man fell, we all fell. When one man died for us, we all died. I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but it's Christ that lives in heaven and he's going to come back any day. Listen, he might come back. He is coming back. I don't mean to, I'm not trying to make fun of that. I'm trying to get our focus on Christ in me. I didn't write this. This is what the Bible says, and it talks about this a whole lot more. What's more important? I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in heaven. Christ lives in well and will and wane and but I just can't seem to get him to stay because he just jumps out. Like every time I mess up, like Jesus go here. I was like, oh, come back. I'm sorry. Oh, you messed up again. Woo. Like, you know what? Jesus got to get tired. If I was Jesus, I'd just say, just forget all this stuff. No wonder he went to the cross. He's like, I'm just going to take care of this once and for all. Otherwise, it's going to be bouncing. Boom, 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 boom. And for some of us, in times of my life, it had been like, like, come on, am I the only one? No, no. no, he lives where? So he can live where? In me. Where he can live where? In me. In me. I ain't making this up. I'm reading this straight from the scripture. The life I live in the body, I live by faith. I live by what? Faith in my ability to keep the law. In my ability to know the word. No. In, by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. That's pretty powerful. He's like, I ain't going to set that aside. This is Paul, by the way. Like Paul, the one who grew up, the, the Pharisee of Pharisees, studied under the greatest of the greatest. He knew every nook and cranny, not just of the law, but, but of the Midrash and of the, um, what's the name of that thing? I can't think of it. It's a, to not, not to, to not, the, um, anyway. He knew the written law. He knew the oral law. He knew the customs. He knew it all. He had it. And he's the one telling you. This is him telling you. He's saying, man, I tried. I tried to keep it, and I couldn't. He's like, you can't, can't make it that way. Here's how you make it, Right? Man, I got so many places to go, I don't know where to go. I'm going to keep going. So, verse 3, 1 says this. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. 
Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing if it really was for nothing? Does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law? Or because you believe what you heard? Remember what I wrote up there? It's finished here. This is the cross. This is the finished work. But what is the root of all sin? Unbelief. What, is it, what are we telling God when we say, you know what, I'm going to observe the law to be right with you, to be saved. You know what we're saying? I don't believe that what Jesus did was enough. I don't believe you, God. I don't believe it was enough for me. It's unbelief. It's a root. And all we can do, we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, and we're saved. Like you may not know Romans Road, but you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you're going to get saved. Right? You are saved, right? And that's what he's trying to say. Consider Abraham. He believed God and he what? But Abraham, time out, he was perfect. Like, like he never messed up. He's like, God, I, I trust you so much. But like, you're just going to handle this for me. Right? No. no. Consider Abraham. He believed God. Time out. Not always. Not always. He had his moments. I would say giving your wife away twice would be a moment. Right? Not trusting God for, for him to bring about the promise, but trying to make it yourself? I think that might be a little bit of unbelief. Right? He loved God. He, he walked with God. He, he knew God. He's considered our Father. All of us. Jew, Gentile, when you... Right? And the Bible's saying, consider him. He believed God and it was credited to him as... As what? As what? Because like, I'm not sure I heard that. It was credited to him as righteousness? Just by, by believing? We're righteous by believing... Love this in, if I can find it, in Isaiah. Isaiah 54, verse 14 says this. In righteousness you will be established. Tyranny will be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. I will not come near you. If anyone does attack you, it will not be my doing. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. What's he saying? Why? Because you're established in His righteousness. And then you have this promise too. See, it is I who created the blacksmith who fans the coals into flame and forges a weapon for, for its work. And it is I who have created the destroyer to work havoc. That's what he's saying. The one, the accuser, like he didn't just pop up. He wouldn't be around if I hadn't created him. 
It's like I created everything, and if I created him, I can take him out. My mom always reminded me of that. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. You know, she stole that from God. Right? That's what he's saying. No weapon formed, forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that what? Accuses you. Why? If you're established in righteousness, what is there to accuse you of? Are you going to accuse me of what Jesus did on the cross that he took? Every accusation's already been paid for on the cross. When you rest in that finished work, there is no, no accusation that has any merit. That doesn't mean we got, got things to work on. It just means that we can rest in that. Because there's nothing, nothing to stand on when they see the blood. That has to pass over. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me. That's their what? They're established in righteousness. And their vindication is from where? From God. Their vindication is from God. Don't try to vindicate yourself. That's one thing I've learned. When all the arrows are flying and and things are hitting you, you know what? Your vindication is not in your mouth. It's in God's hands. Trust Him. I do. I try. Sometimes I used to try to always vindicate myself. And the more I did that, the worse trouble I got. Right? Right? So I learned, you know what? Everybody has a right to their opinion. And they can be wrong. I don't have to make them right. It doesn't matter what it's about. Whether it's about what they believe, what they believe, you got a right to believe what you want. Because of Jesus, I got a right to love you. Amen? Amen. Not telling you not to ever stand for something. I'm telling you when we do, let's do it in love. And let's rest in righteousness and watch what God does. Because I tell you, I ain't got nothing else to rest in. Nothing. And I ain't going to even fake it or try. This is the truth. I have him, and I'm thankful for him. Amen? Amen? So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love and your peace and your goodness. We just love you, and we thank you that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.